This show was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, Hawke's Bay's community access radio station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for enabling us to put Hawke's Bay voices on air. Kia ora te or Aotearoa no mai hari mai. Welcome back to another episode of I Am. I Am. It's great to have everyone back in because <laughs> everyone is totally here. Yeah, as you would we have the um, lackluster or yum intro. It's just Samantha and Jack are currently under an oath of silence. They are, but they're here with us today. They are in spirit. In spirit, yeah. Welcome back to another episode, everyone. Welcome mm. back, listeners. Um, Lucky you. Thank you for coming along. Yeah, yeah. It's um, you guys are privileged to be able to listen to <laughs> That's right. our wonderful viewpoints and voices uh, from Studio Three at Radio Kidnappers. Know that we're volunteer. We're volunteers doing this work. Mm. We don't have to be here, we but sure we, are. We believe in the pursuit of knowledge. We do, we do. That is um, very correct, um, Mr. Tarpany. Welcome to the show, by the way. Oh, thank you Welcome very much. Back. It's a pleasure to be here. Never missed an episode. Never missed an episode. I'm just thinking, we're the members of the podcast, because Kate is here as well. Welcome to you. Hello. And um, before we continue, Kate has only missed one episode, and Kate and I have not missed a single episode. Now, how many episodes, listeners, have Jack and Samantha missed? Too many to count? That's right. All right, so remember that we're the loyal ones here. We're loyal to you. That's right. And yeah, a welcome back to you, by the way, Charlie. Thank you Never very missed much. an episode as well. Never missed say. an episode as well, yes. Um, thank you very much for that. Um, and, you know, this continual welcome thing, mm. it's always got your voice and my voice. That's there. right. You know, because we've always been here. That's right. Because we <laughs> have dedicated our time <laughs> yeah. to the wider pursuit of service to That's the people right. of this nation. We are humble messengers. And we, we take are. that role seriously. And obviously, we do. it's clear that... It's you and me, Charlie, and Kate, once she became an intern, excluded my episode. <laughs> so, I mean, Kate, unfortunately, has missed an episode, but she's doing far no, but that better. Was, that was circumstances out of her control. That's right. Um, Which episode did I miss? Was it the one where I got a COVID test? Mm. Yeah, it would have been. Oh, yeah. I did say that. She she did that for our safety. Mm. Yeah. So, it's for that she's reason that we She's dedicated to the pod. Uh, absolutely. So, we, we are here to serve you... Uh, Samantha and Jack are here. <clears throat> but not to serve. Not to serve, and they're certainly not here at the moment. Um, because they don't carve out time. You know, we yeah. sacrificed everything. <laughs> I, I drop everything at at the click of a finger to make it to Oyam. You know, my Nobody entire family was massacred by... Um, massacred? Yeah. Massacred. No, they went to a salon. <laughs> And I was awfully excited. I was supposed to go as well. I was going to get my nails done with the rest of my family. Oh, yum's on. I drop it. I'm, I'm like, okay, I won't go to the salon. I'll come here. Because you know that you have a mission. And a divine yeah. mission. And instead of filing my nails, I'll file my mind with the knowledge that we share on this podcast. What? You mean scrape it down to nothing? Exactly. As I listen to the rhetoric that some of the people on this show talk. <laughs> anyway, today's episode, Charlie, what do we got? So, before we do talk about what we're going to be talking about in today's episode, I'd like to thank Radio Kidnappers. Very good. Mm, yep. 1431 AM, 104.7 FM. Uh, you can find our podcasts live. No, not live. <laughs> not live. You can find it live. Oh, wait, no, it's not live. It's not live at all. Now. <laughs> you, can, you can hear it 
exclusively before it goes on Spotify and iTunes <laughs> and Google Podcasts and Sri Lankan podcast sites <laughs> on Radio Kidnappers, 3 to 4 p.m.s on Thursdays, preferably 104.7 FM, 143.1 If you dyed your hair pink, <laughs> then... Uh, Go for one four three one AM, yeah. but uh, everyone else one hundred four point seven yeah. FM. That's right. The criteria this week to watch the podcast on AM is that your hair is dyed pink. That's if, you're on, if you're on AM currently and your hair isn't pink, please switch over to FM one hundred four point seven. Is there any radios that do anything like like only AM? Like, what's the point of AM? It's for the people whose hair is dyed pink. Oh, my bad. They just don't fit in with the regular crowd on the FM. So we have to accommodate for them. We do. So, um, big thank you to Radio Kidnappers. Huge thank you to Radio Kidnappers. And also, you can find out any of our podcasts, except for some that have been deleted. (laughs) Censorship. (laughs) CCP. Um, We love them. On Google Podcasts, Mm -hmm. which is actually superior. I think Google Podcasts is the best podcast. Is that what you use? Yeah. I've always used Spotify. That's what I originally had. Ah, yes. Back in the day. <laughs> Back when times were tough. <laughs> times were tough, so I had to resort to Spotify. But Google Podcasts is free. Mm-hmm. And I think Spotify Podcasts are as well. But um, Google Podcasts automatically downloads new episodes. Oh, sounds oh. like everyone needs to get on that then. Mm-hmm. And then um, iTunes if you're into that. <clears throat> Weird. Weirdos. Isn't it called like Apple Music? Apple, Apple Podcasts? Podcast, whatever. Anyone who's Apple is someone that doesn't understand consumer responsibility. Yeah, you're just you're just puppets. Hey, Kate, don't you have an Apple phone? <laughs> yeah. You don't understand consumer responsibility. Yeah, of course. course, an intern would have Apple products. Yeah, that's right. That's why you're not a full fledged member. That's why you're an unpaid intern. Jack has an iPhone. Yeah, but he's a founding member. You can't a founding make a founding re- member yeah. an intern. We need that. We needed that perspective to begin with. Of a weird person who actually buys Apple products. It was a gift, actually. Which means someone else bought it. So someone else is. But you received it. You didn't yeah. refuse it. You you accepted. If Why someone, would you accept it? If someone got me an iPhone, I'd say absolutely not. I understand consumer. Absolutely behavior. not. Just waste your money. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it and I'll look at them and I'll smash it with a hammer in front of them. <laughs> I always, I always carry a hammer on me just in case. Do you? I do. Can we see that? Uh, it's, it's um no one's offered me an iPhone yet, so. Would you like this iPhone? If you want to see Kate <laughs> passing her iPhone to Case to uh, smash with a hammer, go to our Instagram at Young Podcast. Uh, we have a yellow logo. We do, mm. and it says Oh Young, I believe it does. Yeah, that's also it's like the name. only thing you see that comes up. When you search or How many other A W W Y U N podcast. You should know how to spell that. If you don't, <laughs> I'm a little concerned. <laughs> anyway, today's episode. Yeah. What we're here for. Yes, that's right. So today's episode. Well, should we start actually um, by talking about our exam? So for the episode we're going to be go- going over some ideas that were discussed. In our recent Level 3 Social Studies exam um, about uh, freedom of speech and the um, storming of Capitol, 6th of... January? January. Yeah, it slipped my mind there. Did it happen this year or last year? It was this year. Because everything this year feels like 
it happened like two years ago. I agree. I've like I saw something that said that you know the Bernie Sanders with the mittens yeah. thing. That was this year. It was. And it felt like two years ago to me. Did you know it's been two years since the White Island eruption? Was that, that felt like a year ago though. Mm. See, yeah, that's the same thing. I thought that was last year. Yeah. Nope, two years ago. Oh wait, I remember what that is. Yeah, that does feel like two years ago, doesn't it? Mm. Only a year ago. Something's going on with the time. I think someone's playing tricks. Someone's lying to us. The government <laughs> tricking us. It's the birds. They're not real. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so we're talking about um, the ethics and ideas behind the storming of capital. Whether or not that is an act of protest or an act of terrorism. Uh, domestic. Or, yeah, domestic. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and then we're going to move on to... Um, so why I want to discuss... Why we want to discuss, mm. not I, we. Wow. Thank, we. Thank you for including us. No worries. Um, it's only you two, because <laughs> the other two aren't here. Yeah, we don't want to discuss with them. No. Um, so, what was I saying? <laughs> you were saying that. Oh, you why I want to discuss. Is I want to look at the fact, specifically looking at why January the 6th, the, the issue of is it a terrorist act or is it just a form of protesting because mm. a lot of American media and American politicians did not label it as terrorism mm. and I think it's important that we do explore why we think that is actually domestic terrorism the objectives and the results of what happened on January the 6th but also why people don't think it's domestic terrorism both with those who are trying to play down the impacts of that usually Republicans but also <laughs> looking at some people who um, see terrorism as being 9-11 style yeah. stuff yeah. Um, and how that's impacted on America's view of what is terrorism and what isn't terrorism. I think that's pretty interesting because when you think about terrorism, you do think about like 9-11 and non-white people doing actions mm. that... Usually of Middle Eastern descent. Yep. That, <laughs> that's often where most prejudices lead to. No, it's true. But you've got to remember like things like the Christchurch shooting. Is White terrorism. people can be terrorists too. Yeah, let's be inclusive. <laughs> yeah, no, but... Um, let's not discriminate against. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just know if you're white out there, you can be a terrorist. I think also terrorist terrorism <laughs> is quite a new concept. Because if you look back before, like, well, the, case the IRA, you know, the Irish Republican yeah. Army, which if sort you, of brought about wanna... the idea of terrorism. If you look before that, there wasn't very many definitions of an axe being a well, terrorist. I don't know. It was just in the cave, colonization. In the caveman times, you could always have another caveman just suddenly go with a, a handful of rocks and start beating your family to death. I suppose that's but terrorism. That, yeah, but that, I mean, what, I'm, what I mean is that... Okay, so you probably had things that would be today classed as terrorist yeah. acts that happened yeah. in like 1563. Like but someone there was blew, no, like, blew up a church or something like definition. that. Um, with some like... What, what did they used to have? Like a cannon. Like a guy... Trying to blow up Parliament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, like Guy actually, Fawkes. Guy Fawkes. Yeah. So that are we celebrating a terrorist? Well, no, he wasn't a terrorist in the time. We're celebrating an activist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Greta Thunberg level, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> he was the Greta Thunberg of oh, his, his day. Yeah. Um, in like he pioneered <laughs> social actions. <laughs> he pioneered social processes. Yeah, we have him to thank for our level three social studies. Thank you, Guy Fawkes. You really are a work of art. <laughs> so truly an inspiration. Now back in the actually, I'm glad you brought that up because by definition, that of course is a terrorist plot. Yeah, mm. but 
We don't think terrorists when we think Guy Fawkes blowing up no, Parliament, which is quite interesting how that historical narrative has been shaped to believe that, oh, he's just a dude doing good things. <laughs> he was just out there trying to make a change. I mean, change. we don't, I don't think we do normal doing guy good having things. Having a casual Friday night. We don't apply the same sort of, like, context of blowing up Parliament to, like, that is applied to something like 9-11. You know, 9-11 is a... <clears throat> In America, it's such a... You mention it, it's like a... People start it's, weeping. It's, yeah, it's, it's like, not even just America. It's like a worldwide yeah, thing yeah, where it's, everyone's it's like, whoa. It's such a shocked thing. But, like, then you, like, go Guy Fawkes, and here we are blowing everyone's up... Everyone's like, yeah! Fireworks, like, yeah! Ooh, <laughs> fire! Fire! <laughs> and I'm like, that, that could... Is it fireworks, or is it fireworks? What? As in, if I set something on fire, it will work. Will wow. Thank Slap you. those necks. Um, <laughs> listeners, listeners, if you're driving, please just take a moment to slap your neck to that joke. Um, interesting that you brought that up because back in those days, that was not cl- like it was. It was obviously a terrorist act, but yeah. it, the definition of terrorism wasn't applied to it. Yeah, that, no. Which is quite interesting. So that came about more with the Irish Republican Army. Um, and how was that? So. If, if you know much about Britain in the 70s, well, post, you know, when Britain, you know, took over Ireland. Mm. Um, oh, yes. Before, mm. during, you know, and owned Ireland. And then there was yeah, a big yeah, independence yeah. movement at World War One, And then, it, you know, it got, um, it got independence. Yep. However, you know how it was separated based on Northern Ireland yep. and then the Republic of Ireland? Well, there was lots of, um, it was usually between Catholics and Protestants in Northern Ireland. There was uh, lots of terrorist acts by... Um, People who wanted to see the um, the Northern Ireland Ireland unified into one Ireland, um, and so they used terrorist attacks in order to get that achieved by you know blowing up British officials. Oh, you know, yes. um, uh, one of them was actually um, a British royal by the name of um, Mountbatten um, in the fifties, and um, the Irish Republican Army put a bomb on his boat and it blew up. So lots yeah. of those, and those—that's when terrorism became a big thing. They blew up the um, hotel where Margaret Thatcher was staying once oh, for the no. conservative. Yeah, so they nearly killed her. What was she the intention? Can't die, um, immortal. She's, She's immortal. iron. <laughs> iron never dies. That's right. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's just a play on the fact that she's called the Iron Lady. If you don't know who Margaret Thatcher is, Google. Um, so. The, the concept of terrorism was something that got really well known in that time mm. period. You know, you talk to your parents' generation, they know what the IRA is because all your grandparents' generation, you know, m- probably more your grandparents' generation yeah. because they lived through that through it, yeah. and, no, you know, getting those news feeds back. However, when we think of terrorism, or at least when you apply something to terrorism, especially in America when people think of terrorism, we go straight to Middle East. But Middle Eastern terrorism wasn't as big as what Ireland versus England terrorism mm. was. <clears throat> and it's quite interesting because it was pop, not popularised, but, you know, was. <laughs> became so well known because of those conflicts in Ireland but we still apply the idea of terrorism in like Gen Z millennials still go or you know maybe yeah especially specifically Americans specifically go to yeah exactly exactly but um, stemming from America this idea that Middle Eastern people is what um, like is associated? It's like synonym of yeah. <laughs> of terrorism, which is so incorrect. Because yeah. you, let me just say this: yeah, a lot of the racism you see, especially towards like um, people who wear hijabs and all that kind of covering stuff, you see people like that face racism directed at calling them terrorists mm. and 
their religion mm -hmm. is terrorism. And what amazes me is that terrorism in America wasn't just 9-11. You look before then and there were hundreds of school shootings. Yeah. And that's terrorism too. In a way, because people are dying from people killing. Oh, it is. I mean, it, even the term like Allah Akbar is like so heavily associated. But it's not. It's just God is great. Exactly. That's, that's what it the means. Thing. So, and then it becomes a meme, like a, a meme, and then it becomes like, haha, that's funny. So it's almost through pop culture, the idea of terrorism being associated directly with the Middle East has become so you know. Cemented. Why do we think that is? I don't know. It's quite a good... Obviously 9-11. Yeah. Um, because 9-11... But if you think about it, 9-11, like, apart from, like, there were there were other terrorist attacks in England and Europe mm. and America with, like, um, like strapped-on bombers and yeah, yeah, suicide yeah. bombers, <clears throat> that's the word for it. But, I mean, in terms of America, if we're going to focus on them, the most terrorist acts have actually come from their own, you know, their yeah. own people. Yeah. Um, or at least, you know... <clears throat> Uh, European descended individuals mm. who have done things like school shootings and stuff like that, but they don't class those as terrorist attacks. They always call them like acts of violence or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But to our, to us, that is a, that is That's domestic terrorism. Attack. You look at like something like the Parkland shooting that killed like fifty to a hundred people. I can't. I don't have the facts with me. Apologies, mm. listeners. I might have. Well. Yeah, and this, these are kids, and they still don't class it with terrorism, which means that the response and the level of urgency to try and change the law is not there. And I mean, when you compare it to New Zealand, we've had the more the recent Christchurch shooting, mm. and that was straight away classified as terrorism. What, what amazes me is recently there was um, this young boy from a school. I think he did a school shooting, and they showed this picture of him as a little innocent boy in school when he was like a teenager. And when you see like acts of terrorism, you see these awful mugshots of these like distorted people but when it's a white person committing this terrorism which it was it was a white boy who shot up a bunch of people they showed this innocent photo of him as a little boy being all happy and smiley and that's like why do you treat it that way when it's terrorism it like makes the the person who committed it looks really innocent and i don't think that's <clears throat> right but it's played a role <clears throat> into it especially with white people i think um I think maybe what it was, and this is me just forming an opinion. Um, Go ahead. You're more than you're oh more than welcome. Oh my god! Welcome, so. to thank you. Um, oh yum is just opinion. <laughs> that's very true. Um, I think nine eleven really was probably um, almost like the first of its kind to be such a worldwide. Mm. Well, it was the world and trade the fact that it was, wasn't it? Yeah, and the fact that it was, like, people could watch it around mm. the world. The televisation of it. It was televised. Yeah. I think that definitely increased it. And I think now um, what it might be is that that has just um, distorted what Americans mm. expect. Especially in I think, the, I think the media. That, I think that mm. fueled so much with the fact that America viewed itself in 2001 as impenetrable. Mm. You know, nobody mm. could ever bring war or conflict to mainland US. You know, the US would fight its wars and its conflicts and its violence and its terrorism overseas yeah. in places like Bosnia, um, you know, um, or in the Middle East. Yeah. However... And I think that that shaped it so much was the fact that it viewed itself as so impenetrable and then that act happened. And I think there was just a, suddenly a huge amount of, I think through fear and through mm. 
anger and I think through government propaganda and stuff like that which has shaped this you know and going to war over there as a result mm. and you know killing all those people over there um, and I think as a, as a result it's sort of distorted the way that terrorism is viewed in the US where it's almost terrorism is reserved for Middle Eastern countries and everything else that happens it's like, acts of violence it's just acts of violence yeah. and I think a good example of this is when you look at even the way that America describes its wars with Iraq and Afghanistan in the Middle East and the Gulf War and stuff like that it always looks at oh, well, we've lost 4,000 U.S. soldiers, but here a million Afghanis have died. But yeah. no one ever talks about the million Afghanis that have died or, you know, the 1.2 million Iraqis that died in the war. You know, and these are civilians I'm talking yeah. about. I'm not talking about the soldiers. I'm talking yeah. about the civilians. Huge civilian losses through, like, bombing programs and, you know, and it almost feels like the way that the narrative has been distorted in America is that it's almost like the way that they treat people of Middle Eastern descent, both in their country and with war, is just, you know, people that should just die anyway yeah. you know like oh we don't really care if they're we're, all oh, here's a hospital and there's a suspected terrorist we'll just bomb the hospital yeah. you know um, and let's just put the other you know let's put the the shoe on the other foot here for yeah. a second if it was um, you know uh, a Middle Eastern country doing the same to America okay. for example people, would be, people would be freaking out it would be unacceptable it would be human yeah. rights breaches all of this nonsense but here we are you know this is happening in Iraq, in Afghanistan, not getting any media coverage, mm. not getting well known. It's not well known how many no. Afghani citizens have died. Yeah. And, and a lot know, of it is actually 4,000 American soldiers. Like, obviously those losses are terrible, but in comparison, it firstly showcases the America is a bully, a yeah. militaristic bully. <laughs> yeah. bully um, but also showcases the fact that America has a lot of disregard for its um, well, collateral I'll, damage I'll of its wars, which are a result of... You know, and that sparked more terrorist attacks. You know, when you're killing civilians... They're not going to be happy about it. They're not going to be happy. Not to, not to try and defend terrorism at all, because terrorism yeah. is terrible for the impact. Absolutely. But what they're both doing is terrorism. Yes, and nobody talks about what America does as yeah, terrorism. It's just, it's just mm. the Middle East that are the terrorists. Yeah, and I think that narrative is shaped. So when people go on about Iraq and Afghanistan, you talk to an Amer- uh, some Americans, not, not all, obviously. You know, there are quite a few Americans mm. that are against those wars. But let's just say you talk to someone from, like, Tennessee or something like that about the war. They General. see it as their patriotic duty yeah, to defend absolutely. the USA um, and they see that as oh but we've got to they... stop terrorism but then you go well what do you think about the shootings um, or what do you think about the civilian losses oh well that's a bit, that's a bit different you know yeah. war's different you yeah, know or exactly. you know it's an act of violence you know so my my question is is like are we heading down a, a very bit, dangerous path it's... where you know American white based terrorism is somehow Quite defended like and ignored, like with stuff like the Ku Klux Klan, which is still around. Yeah. That yeah. is still around. It's still a thing. And not held responsible for the actions that it undertook. It's very, very hypocritical. Mm. Very mm, hypocritical. Because you say you want your right to a gun, but then you see these guns killing people in your own country and outside your own country, and you just go, oh yeah, that's fine, they had a right to have the gun, but I don't want them killing my children, but yet they won't change anything. Mm. It's quite contradictory. Mm. It's... Um, I think definitely the biggest contradiction just lies in uh, America's perspective on terrorism, as Mm. was suggested. It's just like, it almost feels like, oh, no, 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 no. Americans aren't being terrorists, they're being patriotic, and they're fighting for our country. And then um, if it's, um, you know, school shooting or something like that, it's just, oh, it's a troubled kid. It's not terrorism. It's just just a mental problem. uh, as soon as... um, someone in the Middle East picks up a gun, they're a terrorist. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, and uh, I think that's... Yeah, is, is it's 
we don't apply to the same logic. Mm. Well, America does not apply the same logic to the millions of Americans that have their own guns through the First Amendment right. Yep. But if an Iraqi or an Afghani had their own gun, they would immediately be suspected as a terrorist. Absolutely. Not, well, why is it not to say that all of those Americans that own guns, which has resulted in things like shootings and stuff like that on a massive level mm. compared to everything else, There's why no do we not class those people? Because, of course, it's America is hypocritical, but also it's culture around who's a terrorist and who is not has altered its perspective and its way of thinking and its way of dealing with people who have guns in America versus people who have guns in Iraq or and Afghanistan. It's created so, a lot of racial pre- prejudice too because if you are walking around the streets and you're a white person and you have a gun on you, they're just going to ignore you. But if you're anything other than white, such as Middle East or even black, they're going to look at you and go, why do you have a gun? Put that away. Go, don't be Well, there. I think they'll arrest they'll you, just, if I'm being honest, or kill you, or bomb you. You know, or that's the thing. You. Literally, that's what they do. Just kill you. And they'll like, they won't care about civilians either. They'll just bomb a hospital. Yeah, absolutely. It's quite shocking. And yet, no one talks about it. And, yeah, media coverage is so lacking, and people are really uneducated on the subject. Mm. So then, with all that, do we think that the storming of capital was an act of terrorist, and then this kind of perception that the USA has has made it been influenced to almost not be perceived of that? Certainly is an act of terrorism. So we think it... Domestically based terrorism. How many people died from that? Um, I don't think it was necessarily the fact... Well, are you you going to class Guy Fawkes' attempt to blow up Parliament as a terrorist act? The attempt? He didn't kill anyone, but it was an attempted terrorist act. So death doesn't necessarily matter. Yeah, Yeah. true. See, here we go. This is the definition of terrorism. Yeah, yes. The unlawful use of violence and intimidation... Interesting. Intimidation. Especially against civilians in the pursuit of political aims. Well, firstly, the political aims was to overthrow the government. It was very clear that Mm. they wanted to overthrow and make sure Trump won the presidency. Going against the electors, um, using violence. So they had weapons. They um, beat up police uh, in pursuit of civilians who were the politicians. Mm -hmm. It's a terrorist attack. According to definition. According to definition. Yeah. Didn't result in anyone dying, but it was a use of violence and intimidation. Yeah, it was. It was intent to harm. Yeah, because they they were going on about hanging Nancy Pelosi. Mm. Actually, they're doing that now in our country, technically. Because if you look. Yeah, they're throwing tennis balls and doing all kinds of stuff, saying, hang out, Dern, kill her, get rid of her. Yes, but they haven't resulted in violence. That's the thing. Not yet. yet. Not yet. And I mean, coming up as. Who knows? I really wanted to avoid talking about COVID in this episode, but here we are. The whole world operates around COVID, essentially. It's like that. What's that theory about every conversation gets back to Hitler and Nazi Germany? Now it's every conversation gets back to. COVID-19. COVID, yeah. <laughs> there needs to be... Oh, this is the this is the Charlie theory. The Mudgeway theory. <laughs> the oh-yum theory. Oh, the oh-yum theory. Um, all right, claim responsibility. <laughs> That's all right. Um, yeah, so... By definition, and certainly what we saw on January the 6th, I would class as a terrorist act. I yeah. agree. And but once again, they just said, no, 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 we're fighting for our freedom. So many... Yeah, and... It, fighting for our I rights. mean, you've got to... To them... They saw it as what was going on was wrong. Was wrong was and certainly out of touch. But I don't think that's the way. You shouldn't. You mm. certainly wouldn't see. I mean, it's not to say that two wrongs don't make a right. This. Exactly. You know, using violence and intimidation in order to pursue your political goals is not something that's gonna. You know, it's not something have any positive. Again, any positive impact. Is, in a way, it was almost, not be able to If do you think it, about so. it, it was almost an attempted coup. 
It is. It's cast yeah. as a coup. Yeah, they wanted well, exactly. to. They wanted to overthrow the government. That's a coup. They yeah. just want. They wanted to That's get rid coup. of all. Yeah. And the funniest thing about it was that, well, they saw it as them defending their patriotic duty, but they're in a minority. It would be like if anti-vaxxers said that they wanted to overthrow the government to ensure that vaccine mandates. Well, 74% of the country wants vaccine mandates. Yeah. So it's a coup against what everyone else wants to think. So there, they're not doing their patriotic duty because a patriotic duty would be doing something that all Americans want or defending mm. all Americans or doing something on behalf of all Americans. So it's more like that, individualism. Yeah, to an extent. Well, or liberalism. collectivism of a group. Liberalism. Libertarianism. No, because liberalism... No, it's not liberalism, because that would result in the government intervening. Well, they most certainly did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just not in favour of the oh, belief. Yeah, libertarianism yeah. then. But, you know, same diff. Tomato, tomato. They're, they're kind of exactly the yeah. same. Like, I don't understand why everyone gets so hot under the collar about the fact that one's about more government stuff to protect stuff, and then one's about the individual protecting mm. everything. Who, who cares anyway? Yeah. Um, so... Interestingly, Republicans were trying, uh, many Republicans were trying to downplay it as them, you know, defending their mm. patriotic duty and, you know, um, protecting the US's democracy. But democracy is about what the majority want, and I'm sure the and majority want the majority is about Biden. ensuring that everyone has a say and that we all work together to come mm. to what the most people want. Well, it was clear that the, the majority got Biden votes, and then Trump was like, that's, that's not right, let's do a recount. Like, but I that's think that's the what it was, is that those individuals, you know, if they were critical thinkers <laughs> in, in, in politics, and if they were people that weren't if they could explain influenced so significantly yeah. by the, the propaganda of Trump and the propaganda of the Republican Party and, you know, the, the conspiracy theories about why Trump lost, mm-hmm. then I think that they would be looking back and going, actually, this is not right, you know, what we're doing here. But I think it's because they saw it. They saw it because they had been fed so many lies as mm-hmm. a complete disregard for democracy yeah. and that actually what they were doing was defending democracy against authoritarian, yeah. overthrowing stuff. Is that they right. saw it as exactly the opposite as how we saw it um, because yeah, they thought that Biden and the electors in the House were overthrowing democracy and they were protecting it. But yeah. we thought that they were overthrowing democracy and we were protecting yeah. it. You know, uh, the police were protecting it and the government was protecting it. So it's libertarianism, the individual wanting to protect democracy, their right to democracy by overthrowing the government, versus liberalism, which is the government protecting democracy against True. individuals who think that they're um, in the right, but actually in the uh, wrong. Very, it's, it's, a, it's very complicated. Mm. So, as we know, and this is what we discussed in the social studies exam, um, Trump did end up getting... Uh, removed from Twitter, which he had yes. posted all that information uh, about thinking that uh, the election was a fraud. Encouraging violence. He, and encouraging literally violence. his tweets encouraged violence. And I think this brings us on to a really, really important fact, is looking at that, but also looking at social media and how it deals with um, things like domestic terrorism. Mm. You know, how do we make sure that, because social media has made us more interconnected and is such a great communicator... Um, both for individuals and groups, but also to um, you know share information and stuff like that. Um, how do we ensure that the future of social media is one that makes sure that um, the information that's being received by individuals is truthful? Truthful and not mis- or disinformation, yeah. but also that people aren't censored. Yes, it's, it's a delicate balance. It's very delicate. Um, and I think there was a Washington Review person who said that actually, in fact, that balance is not achievable. Yeah, uh, and that's I mean, no, it's, it's impossible to get that ideal 
like so what will, what must we value should we value the ideas of not censoring people or should we value well actually first of all is stopping disinformation and misinformation and you know misleading uh, like propaganda and individuals mm. is that censorship probably by definition but yeah. is it censorship in the way that is you know, prohibiting those individuals regardless of the fact that they may mm. be speaking the truth? Or is that prohibiting individuals because they're being dangerous? Once again, what is right there? Yeah, see, here's the thing. Once again, we reach a conundrum where you have to choose collective or individual rights. Yeah. If you choose collective rights, then usually what you're going to do is you're going to censor the misinformation and disinformation. To protect the majority. To protect the majority because that information is dangerous. As mm. we saw, people went out there because they thought it was a fraud. Uh, election when it wasn't, but as a result of you know um, social media not having yeah. any uh, censorship. censorship placed on so misleading information and misleading groups, Donald Trump was allowed to post that as it was mm. within his rights, and that's what he believed that he had the right to post whatever he liked because um, uh, it's a public space and blah 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 blah. Um, but that resulted in acts of violence. It did, but then you have the issue of obviously. Censoring him, which Twitter chose to do in the end, um, prompting m- pro- arguably violence. more violence in itself, mm. and also prevented Trump from using and that. It's interesting that you bring up that as well, because what does the role? What is the role of government in this? Should government be uh, putting out what social media yeah. companies can censor, yeah, or should allow social media companies to determine what censor? Because we know that. with Facebook, that is not necessarily a good idea to just leave them to do it themselves. Yeah, I mean, arguably. The the issue here is that if you let the government do it, you're going to have people say, oh, it's the government, Mm. the government's censoring us. But if you leave it on the media, are the media going to do it right? That's the thing. It's it's a hard question. It's very hard because how much much power do we give media companies when it comes to choosing what is good and Mm. what is wrong? But also, how can we be sure that they're going to do that effectively and efficiently with social responsibility? Not looking at profits... But you know, the, looking at what's best you, for, for society, but then because you've also got to look at. But what, what is best for society? Yeah. You've got to look at the reality that no matter what you censor and what you say, there's always going to be people who get through and go around those regulations. Because I've seen it. I've I've seen people violating the rules just by changing a letter from "I hate everyone, I want to kill everyone" to putting one of the E's as a three, and they've gotten completely past the whole system. Mm. Like, you you can't. Win, no matter how many regulations you put on, but I think it's better to put some regulations in. Well, actually, that's a question: Is it better to put at least some regulation or do nothing at all? Well, obviously, um, given the recent, because if this is resulting in violence, this is a national security issue. Certainly, Mm. something that we're seeing with COVID. You know, these anti-vaxxers. Not to not to try and speculate that they're going to be violent, but there's certainly a lot of violent language. And oh, violent intent. Hang our dern. There's lots of overthrowing the government. These, you know, lots of violent language that we've seen clips of through, you know, our media um, sources. How do we ensure, and what is the role in government to ensure that? Because violence is a lot different to just talking about yeah, doing violence. And once violence happens, well, that you is something that. You can't take it back. You can't, you can't, first of all, you can't take it back, but also um, it, it results in collateral damage. And stuff that damages the integrity of democracy yeah. often. It also um, damages. It can, it can cause trauma for individuals. Trauma involved, for individuals. It also it also involved. causes a lot of um, almost a lack of you know um, 
it, it, it damages the reputation of those who are protesting and the movement that they're protesting for. Absolutely. Um, it's why a lot of um, Māori-based protests are so peaceful, and they've earned a lot of respect for that, the groups that protest against things like um, the Foreshore uh, and Seabed Act. Um, yeah. And the peaceful designs of those protests have resulted in um, a, res- a huge amount of respect, a, such a, a significant reputation, a good reputation for those protesting groups, and it's actually resulted in change. change. Yeah. And that's the thing: is that should we be, you know, one does have a right to protest, but does one have a right to be violent in protest? Yeah. And this can also be applied to the BLM movement, yeah. because elements of that were quite violent. Um, and a lot of it was actually not intentional violence. Like, um, people who did not support the BLM protest just hopped along mm. and... Um, took advantage of yeah, it. Yeah, they to took try advantage and, and robbed people and hurt people, even if they didn't believe in that movement. But it gave the movement a bad reputation because they just mm. sort of tagged along. And then you're sort of classing this group as all believing yeah. in one thing, even and if they're not. And then there's issues with media and narratives as well. But Absolutely. we have to agree that there are there are violent movements both on the left wing of politics and on the oh, right. On every yeah. side. Exactly. So this shouldn't be a polarising issue. This shouldn't be one's favouring another because there are groups that are violent on both sides. And this is about ensuring that there are regulations against those conspiracies and misleading information and violent uh, encouragement. So where is the line drawn for what governments should be allowed to regulate and what they shouldn't be allowed to regulate when it comes yeah. to the idea of freedom of choice? Because should we just be you know, regulating stuff that's violent, you know, that's encouraging Hate violence, speech. or should we be regulating things that are, you know, misleading? Yeah. So where's that where's that line? Where's that moral line? And it's about I think it I think it's gonna be it's I gonna be it's dicey very, either way. Yeah, because absolutely. no action is gonna be resulting in violence absolutely. and then action is gonna be resulting result in violence, violence or protests or disruption or instability. Yeah. Um it's a very blurry line as well. It is. Yeah, because but the, what is the right? government can't go all out because then what they're doing is and it can be easily. But maybe they can but because, you, no, you know, are we are, uh, yeah, are governments what, playing to centre politics? That's the problem. Should we be just taking, like we used to back well, in the day, hardline policies? This is how it's going to be. Like with the vaccine mandates, this is how it's going to be. But then, you know, not playing to the centre of politics. You've also seen where it's gone too far, such as China has completely censored like things like Roblox. That's... I wouldn't and class that. That's not and because that's going China beyond gone, just what is misleading. Yeah, China's gone beyond that and gone, like... Mm. Pro CCP propaganda. That's that's less of a fact of the fact that um, the information that China is censoring, we see it mm. as mis- not misleading. You know, stuff that's actually but reported like Tiananmen Square, it but they misleading. see it as misleading because they see it as a disruption to the um, what the CCP has yeah. to say, which is always right in their eyes. Yeah. So. So what's how, very, very how, how do we how, how do we determine you, this is a bigger issue? How do you trust what's misleading? Yeah. And what's so how not? do you define do you what is what misleading, is? and how do we make sure that governments are remaining accountable to yeah. what they define as misleading in their regulation? Maybe they need like a, a central group, you know, like the um, independent commission that can be bought off. The the United Nations. Like, what if there's oh, like okay. a, a little yeah? But people ground. distrust them. Half of the people in this oh, world distrust yeah. the United Nations and see it but as just a, a prodigy of America. They'll distrust everything. So what have we? What do we have to do? You can't what, win. So what we're so saying we is just that give up. so government should just sh- resign yeah. and we should just result to anarchy and just focus on the individual. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that governments are set up to be socially responsible to step in when the individual yeah. cannot 
guarantee other people's rights. Yeah, like with hate speech. That's why hate speech laws exist in New Zealand. Yeah, I think the government does need to step up and be accountable for what's happening. Mm. But they also don't need to be controlling that. They they need to be... See, but how? Have, how can they do that? Like, I don't know. Because we shouldn't leave everything to just, like, Facebook and social media. Why I definitely agree with that. I agree with that. But the thing is, like, uh, a huge issue is... So, when it comes to defining misleading or misinformation, disinformation is... If someone truly believes it and it's their perspective... And they're saying, no, 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 the vaccine is dangerous, I can't take it... Can we classify that as misinformation, if that's what they believe? But that's an opinion. Right. But that opinion... So, so yeah, where's the crossroads there? Yeah, where's the crossroads? Oh. When does when does opinion... Because, um, obviously... Become misleading because, and harmful. Yeah, misleading because, fact would be an opinion that quoted a, misle- like a fact that doesn't actually exist. Mm-hmm. Like, 90% of people that took the vaccine died. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to take the vaccine that's now. Misleading informa- that's misleading information. Mm-hmm. But someone's so, saying, no, no, no. I, I think the vaccine's uh, the vaccine is dangerous, uh, and oh, I don't want to take is... it because then you mm. you have an that's issue. An opinion, yeah, and then you censor opinions, and then you're going down freedom of speech. Issues. Yeah, and that's yeah. when you get to situations where you begin becoming more and yeah. more like the CCP and stuff like that, where you start censoring opinions. So you only censor but... what people you don't want people to hear. Yeah, but then we have the issue where people often hear an opinion and then view it as fact. Also, yeah. and, and or they're influenced so much by that person that they believe that opinion is true, and so they hold that exactly. opinion as well. Especially like people like Trump who are really mm. influential. Which is just what we saw with the Republican movement. Absolutely. So that's what it is. is um, so, But you censor that person's opinion, or that influences opinion, like Trump, more well then you, you've got issues there. Because, yeah. Because so, technically, what Trump, when Trump was saying, mm. oh, I think something was wrong with the election, I think the election could have been fraudulent, technically, that's his opinion, right? Mm. I'm sure that he believes that in some way. Oh, he does. So then you have an issue is, and so he's not saying, no, it is a fact, it was fraud, um, blah, 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 blah. Um, I mean, he did eventually get to that. Yeah, it did. But, but he, and he first. started quoting bits and bobs. But that's that misleading information. Yeah, exactly. Bit. So that's, that's when it becomes misleading. But and that's when he was that, banned. So it is a, a horribly complicated issue mm. because how... how when humans are so, what we're essentially saying is that we... So people that are saying that censorship should, should exist for misleading information are people that don't only want to hear what they think mm. and not want to hear what other people think that goes against what they think. Because if you talk to a Republican person, they would want people talking about the election that it was true, it was fine, Joe Biden won. They would want them censored as yeah, well. Because that, to them, they believe in censorship, but only for, you know, only for the group that opposes what they think. Yeah. And so now we've got a bit of a crossroads where the people that are pushing for... Um, the people that are pushing for censorship often hold a political opinion, yeah. a left-wing bias or a right-wing bias, and often it feels for those people that are on the right or the opposite side politically, they feel like they're targeting them. Yeah. And so they must respond to them. And so now you're getting down a little bit of a thing where you've got, because governments are so politicised and because the actions of governments are so based on ideology, every action government. undertaken by a government is going to have a bad it's reaction going to be from very, the opposite. very influenced. And we've seen that happen in America with polarization. It's just becoming worse and worse. Well, whatever the Democrats do, the Republicans hate. Exactly. Uh, I saw a skit um, by uh, um, Kay and Peel, which is a YouTube thing, and it was um, basically 
Obama in a room with a bunch of Republicans, and he's like, "All right, I'm I'm going to say some laws. You tell me what you think." And they're like, "Whatever you say, we're going to disagree." And he was like, "Oh, I think everyone should be able to have a gun outside. Everyone should be able to take a gun, get a gun for free whenever they like." And they're like, "No, no, no, we we disagree. We hate that. We hate you." And it was a really funny skit, but the thing is, it, it, it adds to the comedy. Where basically, it's so true. Uh, it's gotten to the point, especially in America. Where compromise is no longer an option for no, many of them. No, bipartisanship does not exist. No, it, it, it is, it is either, either blue or red. It's, there's no mm. in between. There is no purple. purple. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's really that, scary starting, given that America heavily influences the mm. rest of the world. But we're starting to see that even in New Zealand. Um, people that are on the right who view themselves as loyal to the Act or National Party often just hate whatever the Labour mm. Party and the Green Party come out with. When and so, in the issue of censorship, let's just say that National Party, for a change, came out with the hate laws that Labour are coming up with at the moment. The National Party supported... Every the Labour and Green person would probably be against the language of that. Well, actually, first of all, a national, no, it's not going to work because the National Party would never do hate speech laws. Yeah. But let's just say that... Like, but, like, say, national environmental laws... Compared to labour environmental laws, yeah, like um, they would, I would imagine there would exactly be areas the where they, uh, although exactly it's exactly the same, the same uh, 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 someone who supports national party uh, is probably becoming more likely. Where they're like, no, 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 mm. national party's environmental law, that's 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 better than yeah. labour party, and I mean, so then you're pros of the question because, uh, like you were saying before. When uh, a government and political parties are playing to be elected, they're always, almost always going central. Mm. Uh, and they're aiming for a more central point of view. But when you do that, you, it's a lot it's harder much, to get things yeah. done. And it's much harder to take hard-lying exactly. perspectives it's, it's on It's hard issue. to say, no, we're doing this, we're doing mm. this. And instead you have watered down. That's, that's the term mm. I love to use. Watered down policy, where the goal of the policy is this, but the but regulation that's been written is like this, this to try and appease the voting yeah. base of the centre and to not be seen as too left-wing or too right-wing. Yeah, exactly. And is that's, they're just appeasing the And it's getting worse. Yeah, and because back in the day, 1930s Labour was trade unionists, pretty much all socialists. Mm. And they built houses and they did things that were unpopular on the right thing by a huge amount but they and did now a lot of shit you find mm. that all parties are too scared to make mm. a big change or a, a strong standpoint mm. because they don't want to lose voters they don't want to make a but strong also stance people are too influenced by the politics of their parties and yeah. they, they identify too much with the party and so whatever the party says or whatever the individuals associated with the party they believe so when national goes oh they're a bunch of or act goes these labor a bunch of just communists Communist. they think that labor are actually communists but yeah. we know by looking at the definition of communism, <laughs> Labour is anything but communist, mm. anything but central. socialist, anything but progressive, if we're being honest. They're yeah. a very centre, they're almost centre-right. They're actually probably, you could class them as centre-right. They don't do much. No. They don't take hardline issues, and they believe in capitalism, and they believe in the status quo, just yeah. as National does. But then on the right wing, everyone views National as these fascists, or Act Party as these fascists. They're not fascists. No. And that's the problem with identifying too much with what your party and your ideology says rather than being impartial and looking at the definitions. For example, yes, I would class myself as left-wing and progressive mm. policy, but when it comes to economics, I'm a little bit more right. Mm. And so I take bits from both parties. Um, it's why centrist parties have never made a big gain in New Zealand. Absolutely. Like TOP, 
that party took the best from the left and right mm. and was actually had some great policy, which even considered me voting for them in the next election, but they're kind of off the off the off, radar yeah. now. But it's such an interesting party that takes the best from the left and right yeah. that you almost... Why didn't it gain as much popularity? Because people are too polarised on politics. Mm. So then the question becomes, um, and what I'm starting to think now is, does the way we currently run our elections... Or our democracy. Yeah, do, does the way our, de- our democracy works and around the world how democracy or, works, does it encourage this kind of behaviour? Mm. Because there are other options when it comes to um, voting or, styles and stuff like that. Are there better options out there? Or is it not an issue with democracy and its institutions and the way that we vote, but rather the huge influence that social media and c- more interconnected communication mm. has had on changing people's opinions mm. and keeping people polarised by only seeing what you want to see. Well, that's the thing because um, I think it's social media personally because I, I think social media yeah. were just were, were great. People used to swing between the left and right. Yeah, 1950s were great for everybody. I mean, (laughs) I'm focusing specifically on politics. Politics. Yeah. And so you have... (laughs) Well, still, but... Like, you'll talk to your grandparents' generation, and they'll talk about how it didn't used to be so polarised. You know, people didn't... Apart from the Springbok tour, that's Mm. when it kind of changed. But that was because it was... That was widely reported in media and stuff like that. But the rise of media and, you know, news sites and these... Twitter and the stuff and people getting their news from social media and influences and intercommunication and algorithms and things like that have made people less critical about what they see mm. and what they think. Mm. There's like no critical thinking anymore. So people just people believe what they see. They're, qu- they're not questioning it mm. anymore. You'll get a post that'll be like, which is oh, why critical thinking actually, is so important that reminds at high school me. and pushed at high school. Recently, one of these big, I think it was TMZ, I think got hacked and posted, or maybe they didn't, I think they posted something that Billie Eilish died from suicide, and heaps of fans actually just believed that and were really upset because <gasps> they thought she died. And Someone no put one on questioned it the other day that Clash of Clans was coming to an end. Like... And had and then made up this like died. photoshopped all of the stuff <laughs> yeah. from the Clash of Clans and Twitter, like, saying oh that Clash God. of Clans was like, "We're humbled that you guys have supported us, but we can no longer contain the services and, then and run everyone the services with the because they believe it's and happened." The comments there were thousands, tens of thousands of comments going, "Oh no, oh no, oh no!" And I just knew immediately, "There's no it's way like, that this is happening." Fake. Why would Clash of Clans? They just did an update. Anyone yeah. who plays Clash of Clans would know. And then I went on. to the Clash of Clans Twitter, and then it was like there was nothing there, so I yeah. knew it was a fake. But, people but a lot of people aren't. But no. No one went and checked it. Yeah, no, nobody, that's the issue, isn't nobody it? Nobody went and checked it. Nobody Everyone just believed it. Nobody they, went, they hang just on, why would Clash of Clans give up on one of its most profitable businesses? If you look up Clash of Clans income for the mm. developer of Clash of Clans, it's like 40% of their income. Yeah, yeah, Clash absolutely. Clans. I would it's understand if the developer thing. was shutting down, but not the game. They wouldn't remove the game. It's one of yeah. the most popular franchises in the world. That's when it comes to online games, But that's yeah. the thing, is they didn't second guess it. They saw it. Someone else had made it. They didn't even see it on the official page. And, and they, they were like, it. yep. That's we're stuffed. We're screwed. If this is how people I, are thinking, I mean, that's that's the issue. Is it? You just see something and, and you're like, "Yep." Realistically, given everything that's happening in the world, and given the way humans in general are thinking, heavily influenced due to social media and stuff like that, mm. is there really much hope? Yeah, <laughs> not like to be climate change. Oh, we're still polarized on climate change. I know. But the thing is, is that. Are we dumb or are we just not questioning things? I think it's I think the fact that social media and algorithms has made us oh, lose our critical thinking skills. Absolutely. The thing is, um, Cause media 
Sorry, sorry. Media is a private company, and their yep. goal mm. is to be engaging because when you have engagement, you, you get, get more money. revenue. Clicks. Yeah. Click baiting. So what mm. happens is, uh, and from my perspective, Facebook is, this is why I think Facebook is really, really bad when it comes to mis- and disinformation. It's because all their algorithms, almost all their algorithms, are designed to have the most amount of reactions from people. Yeah. So that means that different certain comments or different articles are more favoured because they're more polarising. Which because is why when they're more polarising, on a thing, you get more reactions. We get lots of comments on posts that are actually about misleading information because mm-hmm. people have reacted so much to that, either in a positive or negative way. But that's your top comment. Yeah. But all the comments saying actually this is incorrect or whatever exactly. on a post are just that's, right down the That's bottom. what I've always hated, um, is that... Napier News is a classic example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Facebook favours controversial comments, and it's always the top comment. And you actually have to like change group settings in order to have all comments available to be mm-hmm. looked at easily. Otherwise, you have to like keep scrolling down, and you and have to like enable being able to see them. How many people are going to be bothered to actually scroll yeah, no, down and do that? You're just going to mm-hmm. see the first ones, which are always because we're lazy. Yeah, that's yeah. essentially what we're it is. Very we're lazy. lazy, and we're being our laziness that way. has resulted. And us losing our most important skill, which is critical thinking, which has yeah. allowed our species to develop in such a rapid way mm. and become such a self-sustaining, you know, essentially um, the most developed animal in the world. Yeah, questioning why, questioning how? why things, because that's how we grow. Is that we, if we're only going to accept what we're told, we're well, dumb. Who's the guy who invented the light bulb? Thomas Edison. Yeah. When Edison, people said, Edison. "Um, oh no, that's not possible," what he's like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. he, he stops and he questions that, and he thinks. It's the people that are willing to actually not accept mm. what they're being told and, cri- well, you know, smartly critically think. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. You know, like if the government's telling you something, you know, maybe do a couple of fact checking things. You know, if you mm. <laughs> suddenly the American government's like, we're having to shut down the internet. We've stopped allowing media into our press conferences to ask the president questions. Only president-approved media will be able to ask the questions. I think then that that's you know you know, Joe Biden news becomes very popular as the only available source of information. That's <laughs> just the thing is that this can be applied both to the left and the right. The left mm. listens more to the government because they you know they their ideology a lot of left ideologies apart from like anarcho-communism mm. value the importance of government. Yeah, and think right wing yeah. less so. So right wing the issue is listening to individuals. Yeah, left wing is listening to the collective, the government. Yeah, um, and, and it's and it's the way up of collective and individual mm. rights, and I think. Really, on a global scale, we're now reaching the point where countries have to start choosing. Are you going to be focused on collective or are you going to be focused on individuals? And um, I think that's going to be a very polarizing issue. Seeing when I said to a teacher that I value the collective, they immediately assumed I was a communist. Then I think we're not going to ever reach that to a certain point. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's decades away, and that's why I'm so worried because mm. we can't. We have to. If, if you're stuck playing in the middle, issues. if you're stuck playing in the middle, where you won't you won't go one or the other, mm. you'll just go for votes. Um, then nothing will ever change. But if you don't play politics, then you don't win. And you can't exactly. Anything. So we're screwed. We're, we're <laughs> all young today have officially announced that we are literally screwed on yeah. every single issue that is every single our issue because you have something like climate change, and then I, I think if you want it, like if you want to be really. Power, like you want to be an activist about it, then you have strong policy. People are going to disagree. That's going to get spread throughout media and stuff like that. You're not going to get enough votes. Is this not 
this is a failure of democracy. Allowing people to say what they think is why we've reached this point in time. But here, you think about it, is dictatorships. I'm back to dictatorship. Trying to get stuff done. Trying to get stuff done. I kind of think a good dictatorship is the only viable option mm. and but I think it'll ensure show we're going to get a good well that's the problem and that's the yes. biggest issue with dictators is that often they're not good yeah but every you know you think of every single authoritarian regime that's ever existed they got stuff done and they it may have not, not have been good it may have not been but if you're thinking about it at least in an effective way you know but then you displease the people a lot of the time. Yeah, well, well not necessarily. Here's the thing, Napoleon here's the thing, was loved, and he <laughs> pretty much conquered all of Europe. Here's the thing, right? It's like, um, uh, oh no, don't slip my mind. Come back to me, Thor. <laughs> Continue talking. Oh no. Oh, I've got it. I've got it. Okay. Do you? So no, but it's a different thought that I was thinking, okay. and we'll go to it. The issue is, authoritarianism really only, arguably, from my perspective only way to really get stuff done without dealing with wishy-washy crap. Mm. Um, oh, and I, that thought's come back to me. That thought's come back to me. And so, yeah, that's going as written. You know, mm. communism as written, wonderful idea. That would be great. Communism would, mm. would be really good for a lot of countries. Humans are the reason that's not possible. So we need to die out. Because I, we, I, I, think, I think at some point we've made other animals extinct. Maybe it's we're time to make, the earth to make our own. We would make our own species extinct. Yeah. Because human inaction and polarization yeah. and the way that they think and the way that they act would result. It's only making us is going to result. Because if we can't get climate change done, we're going to be stuffed. So that's all we have time for today, <laughs> listeners. It's been a very yeah. energetic episode today. It's, we appreciate all your support. Um, if scary. you have any feedback or things you wish to add to this episode or any comments or yeah, anything any like comments. that, so your perspectives, don't hesitate to contact us on our Instagram we or Flick Radio Connectors and email. We do and we love, love feedback. And, and we love hearing what you guys thought about the episodes. Yes, we do. I have people who send me messages saying, oh, that was a really nice episode. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's great. That's, always that's awesome. Very good. Um, thank you, of course, to Radio Kidapis, 104 at 7, 1431am um, if you are into that pink hair. Um, <laughs> well, thank you very much. Next yeah, week. we will. Kia ora. This show was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, Hawke's Bay's community access radio station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for enabling us to put Hawke's Bay voices on air.